Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... New new Seacouver resident, Tyler Hymanson. <laughs> Welcome from, all the way from Seacouver. Beautiful Seacouver. Wow. I'm glad you could make it. Yeah. Uh, well, we are here today talking about Highlander, the series. There was some debate last week about what we we're going to do, and we went with the show. So mm-hmm. here we are. And I'm so glad that we did. Mm-hmm. But before we get started, Eliz, where can people reach out to us? Yeah, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail.com or hit us up on social media on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at sequelrights. And spoiler alert, we're not going through all the episodes of Highlander the TV show, but uh, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts with your five stars, drop us your favorite episode, and we might talk about it or speak about it in a later episode, because we still have a few more Highlander episodes to go after this. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, we here at Sequel Rights, uh, you know, we uh, do a lot of franchises here, and we don't have time to do much more than dip our toe in for a few mm-hmm. episodes at a time. And today we have something that we needed to call in a ringer for. Someone who really knows what they're talking about. Someone who knows the series backwards and forwards. We have one of the rewatchers himself here. Kyle Garabedian from uh, Highlander Rewatched is here with us. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Man, no pressure. I, oh, guess, yeah. uh, I, I better know my stuff or I'm in trouble. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, I got to say, we, 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 we just did last week Highlander 3, The Final Dimension. Oh, and, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say, I was, you know, this weekend when I was looking over uh, your guys' episodes that you've done, I was in complete shock and awe that you had uh, spoken about that film for an entire almost six hours. <laughs> Yes, uh, one of our weirder decisions. (laughs) (laughs) I was impressed, honestly. I was impressed. Yeah, no, but like Mario Van Peebles' performance in that, there's so much to talk about. (laughs) The decisions he chose to make. And ostensibly a group of people approved them all. Right, yeah. Uh, You know. More tongue. Get the tongue out of there. Get the tongue out of there. You're a fish out of water, but you know how to drive a car. Like, it's all good. Eat a condom. The the hits keep on coming. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle, can you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and the podcast? Sure. So the Highlander rewatch podcast, uh, got started almost four years ago now. And every week we take a different facet of the Highlander universe, whether it be the movies, the shows, we even dipped our toes into some of the weirder media, like the comic books and the audio (laughs) stories and, you know, some of the weirder parts of this fandom and we talk about it in excruciating punishing detail <laughs> detail that leads us to uh six hours of talking about the questionable highlander three uh but yeah that's uh that's our deal uh i gotta say i listened to a couple episodes and i'm a huge fan of the highlander catalog game <laughs> oh they found a way to merchandise everything associated with this entire franchise and we're constantly beseeching people that if they bought any of this shit to just let us know like were you happy with your 500 hundred dollar highlander chess set (laughs) i'd love to hear it where did you guys find that thing was it like on ebay or something the ca- the catalog yeah, or the, the catalog. chess set? Because <laughs> <laughs> the person who was happy about it was me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can find my eBay listings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we actually had a bunch of the catalogs still uh, from when, you know, we were in middle school listening mm-hmm. 
or watching the uh, the original Highlander, somehow we got on like the museum's replica list that like, <laughs> set around the the catalog, and then we asked our fans to send it send them in, and you know. I'd say every other like once a month, every other month, some fan has raided their basement and they send us a box of random Highlander shit. Oh, my including God. Including often the catalogs that we didn't have. <laughs> That's amazing. OK. Yeah, I was listening to uh, I was jumping around a bunch of different episodes and like the one that I found, I, I, I was just like infatuated with one of the uh, Adrian Paul like commentary tracks you guys edited together of him talking about the show and he was telling some story about like Joey Pants and everything else I was like this is like you you found like Shout Factory level behind the scenes for this this show and you have them out in your episodes I highly recommend going checking those out to our listeners mm-hmm. because they are awesome yeah it's bizarre they recorded on old audio cassettes just the highlander <laughs> well the series highlander himself just telling bizarre anecdotes some of which make him kind of look like an asshole and but they're they incredibly send- candid like <laughs> yeah but you know they sold that stuff for money so why not <laughs> that's amazing well should we get into it sure here we go he is duncan mcleod the highlander Born in 1592 in the highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. For 400 years, he's been a warrior. A lover. A wanderer. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death. The winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. I am a watcher, part of a secret society of men and women who observe and record, but never interfere. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. All right! I mean, there wasn't really a trailer for the show out, so I just used the opening. Oh well, I gotta ask, Kyle. Can you can you tell us uh, by ear uh, from which season that that intro is? Because I know the intro changes a few times. The intro does change. I was gonna go with that season three. Uh, I think I pulled it from towards the end. Oh yeah, yeah. So it does. Might have been the, six. the main difference is between the first season and the subsequent seasons. The first season, Adrian Paul, the Highlander, reads it. It's a less well-described thing, and it just sounds like he has a mouthful of marbles. Yeah. He's just like, I'm Duncan McCloud, I'm Duncan McCloud. The stroke of the sword will release the power of the gathering. It makes no sense. Like, anyone listening to it would just be confused. I love that the, the series has a, a through line of bad accents throughout the, yeah. <laughs> the entire franchise so far. I got to say that uh, the TV show is, uh, has a leg up on Christopher Lambert. that's true yeah that's a constant debate like is lambert a good actor i still can't decide but (laughs) i don't know i don't know one trivia bit that i found um so we also recently uh late last year did the poltergeist series so we watched poltergeist the legacy and um dutch actor derek delint who has another inexplicable accent apparently he was cast as the highlander and then left the production mysteriously and then they like had to do more (laughs) casting and then hired adrian paul 
So we could have we could have had those two accents together, yeah. which oh, would have just been God. the ultimate. Uh... No one would know what anyone was saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nope. <laughs> well, the thing I was thinking about was apparently Kurt Russell was almost oh. the Highlander for the movie. Oh my god! I was like, "Wow, my childhood would have been completely different." Completely different. <laughs> I would have been a huge Highlander fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that this show too. Like, uh, we're probably going to poke fun at it a little bit as we go here, but yeah. it has like a leg up on all the competition immediately by getting to have Queen as their like yes. theme song. Like, not very many shows get to just pull that out. And it was cool that they get to use all the music again uh, in this first episode. Even uses some music from the score from the first film, I yeah. believe. Yeah, the, yeah the, the oh go ahead the oh, go ahead. the Queen music gets all the the cred from the original movie, but the original score by Michael Kamen is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, and them recycling it is uh, pretty solid. Though for some reason throughout the show they keep on playing Kansas's "Dust in the Wind." <laughs> it's probably played ten times, and I'm not really sure why they cheated on Queen that way. But yeah. uh, I uh, we should probably say too. Um, so we all watched the pilot, mm-hmm. and then we reached out to Kyle and his crew for recommendations. And so we watched the episode, or some of us kind of split it up, but um, we watched the episode Valkyrie, um, Leader of the Pack, and Duende. then Duende, Duende, and then yes. Justin watched the series finales, To uh, Be and Not To Be, which is two different episodes. And I let it autoplay into the reunion episode for a little bit, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we, you know, we, we tried to get a, a good sampling, and... Um, the first episode, Christopher Lambert is there. It's very heavy on the... Uh, <laughs> he just pops in high yeah. like a window. Oh, I'm Connor McLeod. Same clan, different vintage. <laughs> <laughs> and every time uh, Duncan McLeod is with his uh, wife or girlfriend, Tessa, um, they play that same um, Who Wants to Live Forever song from the movies like multiple times. And then the second episode I watched, which was like leader of the pack, that storyline comes back, even though I guess she's been killed. And then they play that song again and and do like a whole montage. And so I'm like, oh, my God, does every episode have these two queen songs? Like, wow. But then later on, it didn't. So but those are the first two I watched. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think the the thing that's kind of incredible about the show, and I think it's this thing. When I think of Highlander, I think of the the mythology that this show is putting out there that like the thing that's really cool about this story and these this storyline is that there's these immortals and they're battling it out and they're always there in history and they're always there in the shadows and this has that writ large across multiple seasons of television where it kind of has this young indiana jones type of thing where it's just like oh yeah he was in nazi germany or no he was over here Mm -hmm. anywhere that you want to tell a story it's like let's just put him in there and he's a superhero who can do anything (laughs) yeah it's cool um i don't know uh Kyle, I don't know if I think you guys might have mentioned this on the podcast, but the 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 series was like most of your guys' first uh, entry into the Highlander franchise, right? Yes. So I mostly well, I remember being really young when it came on the first time, but then it got like re when I was like in middle school, high school, it like reran on Spike TV uh-huh. alongside like uh-huh. TNG reruns. <laughs> uh, and that was when we re- I was really introduced to it. So, like, the Duncan McLeod was, like, my first Highlander. Nice. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, like, for us, I think we, you know, we started with a movie. 
And I feel like as we've gone through the first three movies, we've been talking about all these issues that like, oh God, like it would be cooler if they did this and da, da, da. And I feel like watching these episodes from the series uh, seemed like answered a lot of those problems. And- yeah, like automatically in the pilot where he's like, he's been dating her for years. Yeah. And like, like they have an actual relationship. It's not just some woman that he meets in an alley and immediately has sex with. <laughs> right. They have, they have like a serious adult conversation yeah. about... Wait, wait, which woman that he meets in the alley and randomly has sex with? It uh, seems like he does it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it depends on which movie. Yeah, uh, it's there's there's times where Sean Connery shows up and there's times when he doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, nothing says romance like throwing a woman in a dumpster. Yeah. But yes, uh, but no, th- I think the whole format really does work better as a TV show because mm-hmm. it allows you to do some world building and actually like appreciate the scope of what the kind of storytelling telling engine can do, you know, if like in the, the second Highlander movie, there's basically no flashbacks right? to at least any identifiable period in history. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what a waste when no, in a show. It you flashes can... back to the radiation war. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> to watch the main character of the other movie unceremoniously <laughs> be dispatched. Yep, yep. That uh, and your alien planet Zeist. Yeah. <laughs> So we should probably just talk about, like, the premise a little bit. We already mentioned that Duncan is there, and he is a fellow McLeod clansman of mm-hmm. Connors. So they're not, like, related, related. But sure. uh, apparently Connor was, like, around the time of Duncan's, like, grandfather or something is uh-huh. what they say. And Duncan has um, a woman that he's been dating, Tessa, and then eventually they pick up this kid Richie who was breaking into their store and then later just kind of like creepily stalking him and um, <laughs> apparently turns out to be a fellow immortal at some point yes when they had to spice things up in I believe season two at the end of season two yeah this uh, the, the show ends up going back to kind of what we, what we were kind of wondering about in the first Highlander where it was like do they know they're immortal ahead of time or is it like they die and they come back and it's a surprise well, like, kind of seems like for the first movie that was for for Connor. He was like, right. "Oh no, I'm a witch." But then they kind of get rid of that for the next yeah. two movies. <laughs> I don't know, um, <laughs> uh, Kyle. If you can tell us a little bit about like we kind of had the theory after the first movie that like you stay the age that you are the first time you get killed. Is that kind of like what they're going with in the series? So that is how the the series chooses to define it. So if you die an unnatural death at any point. Uh, you are then frozen at that age in your immortality. Mm-hmm. So they play with that idea a few times. Like there's actually an episode, I believe it's called The Lamb, where there's an immortal who's ancient, but he looks like he's nine. Oh, mm. that sucks. And, <laughs> yeah, and he's like a real horny creep, which is strange. <laughs> it makes for a... That's muscle yeah, TV. It really, it really messes, it messes with you. Yikes. Uh, okay, so I mean, um, I obviously we're spoiling the whole series because we read things here and there, but um, I guess Richie dies at some point, and so is that because this actor was just obviously looking so much older every season? Oh, like you mean at the end of the show? Um, no, he dies like partway through, I think. Okay, because like, so the character is dispatched. At some point, toward the end of uh, well, the, at the end of season five, we mm-hmm. we lose. Okay, we mm-hmm. lose Richie. 
very unceremoniously and in a way that like a lot of fans stop watching at that point and uh, they are not wrong yeah <laughs> like, yeah that Dun- seems like it'd be bad duncan kills him right yes yeah, spoily but yeah, yeah. Ooh. He, uh, so just to set the stage the the final episodes of season five through season six like really jumped the shark really hard <laughs> So all of a sudden, like Highlander three, Highlander two level of jumping the shark, like all of a sudden an ancient like Sumerian demon appears and causes Duncan to have hallucinations. It's all very bad. Okay, but- what is the dark quickening? We saw this referenced on Wikipedia and elsewhere. So as you see in the movies and you see in this, when uh, an immortal kills another immortal, there's like the big lightning storm sure. and they absorb their power. They play with this idea uh, in the show that if you kill so many um, evil immortals, like mm. all that that bad vibe, the, all the like bad energy that you absorb from them eventually overwhelms ah, you. Interesting. Uh, and like corrupts your personality. Uh, and like everything in Highlander, it's not subtle. <laughs> right. Do his so eyes like turn black? Duncan gets into a fight with a boat like while under the effect of this dark quickening like at some point Duncan gets into an argument with a boat captain and his response to this is to savagely beat him and then try to seduce his wife <laughs> so you know Highlander yeah uh, wow. take so that is- boat captain yeah right like you don't mess with Sailor Duncan uh so that is the the dark quickening. I don't. Th- we don't get uh, much of that in the episodes that we saw, but yeah. uh, there's we, some good stuff in there. So yeah, let's uh, kind of hit those episodes. I mean, we kind of already sure. talked about the pilot. Um, I, I, is it? Is it? Are all the other immortals? Do they all have antique shops, or is that just a McLeod thing? Because it seems like that they have the same profession. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah, it does. My understanding of this one is that they were not sure as of, you know, right before they started shooting, whether or not Christopher Lambert was going to sign on to do the pilot. Okay. Uh... And it's my understanding that their plan was that if he didn't do it, that the character of Duncan was just going to be Connor. Okay. Hmm. So you'd be like it'd be obviously a different version of the character, but uh-huh. you'd be following the same person. Just a quick recast, yeah, yeah. But that's but that's part of the reason why it's so identical, right? <laughs> <laughs> and also, in a lot of ways, it makes so much more sense because you know, ostensibly, we saw the ending of this thing yeah. in the first movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, right. You know, all the podcasts we try to take each episode or each media even though we've seen it all before Mm -hmm. as though we're seeing it for the first time like you're a fan you see this what what do you assume is happening Mm. so our initial thought is like wait does this mean it's like the past of the movie does this mean that duncan (laughs) one day dies and connor becomes the one yeah uh it has to no (laughs) it wasn't the end because that guy was locked in the cave oh right yes van peebles Um, and so we see that uh, when Duncan gets down or he, he likes to go um, play the Revenant uh, scene and go like live in his little cabin in the Native sure. American wilderness. Yeah, he's, he's the last Bohican. And- <laughs> <laughs> I pulled this. Uh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, they, like, flash back to, like, Duncan in that mode frequently. Like, okay. Frequently, to the point where it's like, ah! It was like the producer's like, he kind of looks like Daniel Day-Lewis when he looks like that, so maybe we should just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's honestly what they did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I pulled this uh, – one of the first flashbacks we see, uh, Connor, like, reminds uh, reminds uh, Duncan that he's, you know – Part of the game? Tried to get out of the game in the past. And he's like, he's like, damn it. Damn it, Connor. That wasn't my fault. And then he, he has this great, really sad scene. Do the names of the grasses. <laughs> his crying was a lot like yeah. i understand that the love of his last x number of years sure. was killed but like it was a lot and no one else could name the grasses like her. i know yeah. she knew all the names you guys yeah it's well, the, the first thing he says <laughs> she knew all the names of the grasses okay i don't know what i assume at some point i will be Alone and burying all my loved ones, and their botany <laughs> knowledge will be the first thing I eulogize yeah. them for. No, they'll uh, be like, he, he knew all the names of the Highlander episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed enough about that when I'm alive. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there is actually a follow-up episode to this flashback oh. uh, that is actually a... a among the more fun ones, it's kind of like a Looney Tunes episode, but it's great, uh, <laughs> called Line of Fire in season three, starring uh, Randall Tex Cobb Ooh. appears in that one. And it's like the story of this massacre that leads to the little soliloquy we just heard. Nice. <laughs> I was going through and like speaking of guest stars on this show, like it had a f- ridiculous wealth of, of guest stars. Like, I mentioned Joey Pants. I was going through, like, Marion Cotillard's in it. Tyler, uh, you're ruining my game. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's oh, too late shit. now. No, can we play the game? I would like to no, play the game. it's too late. Okay. Uh, well, no, we can play some of it. <laughs> yeah. too, I was going to I, I, you know, um, went through the entire list, basically, uh, and, yes, Joey Pants is there. Other people we've seen in previous sequel rights series is that Lady from the Hallmark Channel, Joanna Newmarch, is in this ah. as well. Um, Marsha Strassman, who played um, Nancy in the Tremors series, mm-hmm. uh, is here. Um, and uh, yes, Marion Cotillard is in two episodes as oh. two different roles. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the guest stars came on twice as different people. Okay. Just because wherever they were filming, I guess, maybe had a shortage Doctor of Who people. in it. Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, I, I don't know how they think people won't notice, but yeah. they just roll with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, other ones that were, like, in that same vein were uh, Wes Studi is in mm-hmm. one. Um, Dugray Scott, mm-hmm. not Tom Cruise himself, is there. Um, <laughs> like, okay, so some of the quiz question, fake quiz I was going to do was, like... Um, which of uh, these musicians do you think did Which there the was most... a lot of musicians. Yes. Which one do you think did the most episodes? I know the answer probably. I, I think I know the answer as well. Okay. Well, it was going to be either Sheena Easton, um, Joan Jett, or Roger Daltrey. Dal- it's Daltrey. Daltrey. Yeah, he did yeah. seven it episodes. Daltrey. Yeah. yeah. He's in the series finale, you guys. Oh, he comes oh. back. Oh. As, as the ghost of Christmas alternate dimension. <laughs> Christmas <yeah>. who? <laughs> yes. Okay. Roger Daltrey plays his... Actually, Roger Daltrey, 
best of the especially among the musicians especially great guest star like he crushes it like mm-hmm. Joan Jett garbage <laughs> <laughs> I mean he seems like he would fit most yeah. uh, easily into the world of Highlander right? yeah it's like well it's like the Pirates of the Caribbean thing just like yeah just get in there and be you know it's like a, 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 act like a salty Brit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, of these less famous family members of famous people, okay, who did not appear on the Highlander series, and I'm sure you know the answer to this, Kyle. But uh, we'll see if the oh. guys can get it here. Yeah. So, is it um, Helena Bonham Carter's cousin, Crispin Bonham Carter? <laughs> is it? Hold on, are all these real people? Yes. <laughs> is it? Jason Priestley's sister, Justine Priestley. Uh, is it Allison Hannigan's husband, Alexis Denisoff? Okay. Is it Patrick Swayze's brother, Don? Okay. Or is it Dom DeLuise's son, Peter DeLuise? <laughs> Are you saying all of all of these but one was is, on the show? Was on the show. Okay. I'm going to say Swayze's brother. Not on the show. I'm going to say... <laughs> they all sound fake. I'm gonna, say, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say Peter DeLuise. No, it's Don Swayze. He did not appear on the show, although he has appeared in very much less, very many less famous things. And then finally, because like we said, Poltergeist: The Legacy has an insane amount of guest stars, as does this show. I ran the data on IMDb, oh and God. there are a hundred and forty-eight similarities between the two shows now some of them are below the line not actors so what do you think is the number out of 148 Mm -hmm. that were actors actors crossover um i'm gonna say it is 43 were actors and the rest were craftspeople is that what you say okay I'm going to go with 32 actors. 99 actors. Oh, my God. <laughs> and 49 craftspeople, you guys. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> we were totally no, wrong. Yeah. Was... I say Vancouver-based production. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they do all their local Canadian stalwarts yes. on yes. one Highlander <laughs> through and through. Seacouver. Seacouver. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, Cooper. So that's it for the guest star game. <laughs> when it when so the the show as I was reading it seems that it changes locations from Seacouver to Paris uh as as like Duncan's home base and it's still all Vancouver, right? So no actually. Oh. The, the Paris episodes are actually filmed in Paris. And as a result, like, they look way better. Like, (laughs) no shade to Vancouver, but, like, the locations they scout in France are outrageous. Yeah, I was pretty sure that the boat behind Notre Dame was real. I was like, that's, you know, I stood there. That's, like, actually the spot, I think. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the... Producers talk like endlessly about like what a pain in the ass it was to film in France and like all the bullshit they had to deal with to shoot in all these locations, but it's so worth it. Like they managed <laughs> yeah. to find like an abandoned submarine base in France that they Ooh. film in. They film in all these like beautiful opera houses and like Gothic cathedrals, and then like you get back to Vancouver and it's like, and here is the sixth dock yeah. you'll see in this season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did like uh, so the way I watched it. I, I uh, just because I thought it would be more fun. I 
watch the pilot episode and then skip directly to the end. <laughs> and I was Ooh, like, the first thing. Move. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I want to be confused. <laughs> so the first Wish thing. granted. Yeah, I was like, the first thing I noticed was like, wow, his antiques business must have failed. He's living on a boat now. <laughs> also, they both begin. Uh, the, the series begins and then the last two episodes begin with the sex scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I will say, like, I can't imagine what network this was on for the amount of side boob that happens. Yeah. However, like, the, as, as much as that's just part of Highlander, that, that you know, he's just going to, there's, there's a love of the week, there's an immortal of the week, whatever it is. Atrium Paul is topless just as much. You get, you oh, get, <laughs> yeah. If not more. Uh, so. Apparently they thought like, oh, who's going to watch this show? Like, oh, like 18 to 24 year old dudes who like want to see sword fighting. And they were like, nope, it is 35 to 50 year old librarians. Yep. Well, he Spoiler looks- alert, my mom was a librarian. <laughs> Huge crush on Adrian <laughs> I mean, he looks like the guy straight off like a romance novel. Cover. He does. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not sure which of which episode it was, but one of the ones we watched, we have a extensive tidy whities situation oh, yeah. in which, like, the flap was quite loose. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is happening? And then he's, at some point, he's in a sauna, and instead of, like, just wrapping the towel around his waist like a normal person, he, like, rolls it into a little diaper. Like... <laughs> I think that was Duende. Yeah, that no, was it was Duende. Duende. I, took, I took a photo because the quote is amazing. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's talking with his, his immortal villain of the week. Consone. Uh, Consone. Yeah. And uh, they're sitting in the sauna together, and Consone is like, if I had another year i'd make you a i'd make a real swordsman out of you <laughs> and they're both just standing in their underwear in the sauna <laughs> and that really hit home for the librarian audience <laughs> this oh yeah that was that was straight for the uh for the lonely moms yeah. out there <laughs> this episode has a lot of people like speaking spanish and stuff and i was watching it on amazon prime with the subtitles yeah. on and every time they would say something in spanish <laughs> Subtitle just says speaking Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, isn't the point of subtitles to show me the translation?" Like, oh man. Um, so you you guys mentioned that Duende is typically like a fan favorite. Um, I I was gonna ask you like, why do you think that it's their favorite? So most so the highlander attracts a lot of people for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one flavor of highlander fan is really into the the sword work and things uh, like that okay. and people go bananas over that the very unique sword fighting style that's okay. displayed in this episode which i'm going to screw up the name probably i think it's called like the destreza or something like that uh-huh and apparently this episode was the first time it was ever put on film whoa okay so that's real actually the guy who's the villain of the week in that anthony delongis who actually was the villain of the week previously as a completely different character (laughs) and they were just like yeah no one will give a shit yeah Uh, (laughs) he kind of came to them and was like i've learned how to do this thing like we should structure an episode around this And, like, managed to pitch them on this kind of, like, weird telenovela episode yeah. in which, you know, you have a climactic fight where people fight with, like, a rapier and a knife in a small circle. 
is kind of how the uh, the fighting style works. Well, it definitely visually was a lot more exciting than some of the like really boring broadsword fighting that we complained about in the first uh, Highlander movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was definitely like quick and exciting. My and... favorite thing about this is that this is the last episode I watched uh, preparing for this episode, and so I was watching it literally on my train ride mm. uh, home from work, and I I didn't get to finish the last five minutes. So last I left them. They were fighting in the rain. They'd gone. They'd start fighting in the daytime. And it's now become night, and they're fighting in the rain. And I'd like to think that they're still fighting. <laughs> yeah, actually, Duncan lost. That's the final episode. Yeah, of the show, so. yeah. that's it. Uh, spoiler alert. Although they do bring up kind of like a an interesting thought exercise about like what if this dude was so vindictive that he waited until you were old and then tried to sleep with your daughter. Right. You know, like that. Yeah. That's like pretty that's gross. So messed, and, up. so messed up. Yeah. He goes on the yeah. He goes on the whole gross diatribe. He's like, if you have a daughter, I will seduce the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a little over the top, <laughs> yeah. but that's also part of the the deal with Highlander. Yeah. Yes, and and the specific overdramatic telenovela flavor of Duende with the uh, Battleship Potemkin moments of twice of apples and roses being thrown down the stairs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very dramatically in slow motion. Lots of so, flamenco dancing. Yes. So, the I don't know, is there anything else? Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, the villain in that episode, Octavio Consone, is played by Anthony DeLongis, is uh-huh. the guy's name. Mm-hmm. He's a super cool dude. Uh, he is also a master of the whip. Mm. He, I'm pretty sure, was the whip consultant on, like, whatever the, the latest shitty Indiana Jones movie was. Oh. Right. <laughs> uh, wow. And uh, at... Like, he will appear at, like, nerd conventions and teach, like, a whip class. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere on Facebook, there's, like, a, a video of him whipping a pen out of my hand. It's... Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Anyway, he's wow. a cool dude. He was, he was also in, like, season four of Arrested Development, or season five, as a member of the Romney family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's amazing. Oh, the the Mexican Romneys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. the, of the Mexican Romneys. Oh, got it. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, he's a cool dude. So is there anything else we want to say about Duende? Uh, oh, the other thing I say is the, the director on this episode, I think, is one of the better ones. Also the director on Valkyrie, another episode mm-hmm. you watched. Uh, it's directed by Richard Martin, who is the son of comedian Dick Martin. Mm, oh, okay. uh, so kind of like from a famous family, mm-hmm. uh, also a cool dude, but his probably biggest IMDb credit was, uh, directing Airbud 2. Airbud 2? That's Golden Retriever for the people at home. Oh boy. That's coming <laughs> to a sequel. Golden se- Receiver, excuse me, I screwed up the pun. <laughs> oh my uh, God. The football one. Coming <laughs> to a sequel rights block of episodes near you. I'm, I'm sure. We'll I'm sure that. it's happening. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Valkyrie uh, is the other one that we watched, and you guys had recommended this one because you said it was more philosophical in tone for the show. I have one more Duende question before we jump into Valkyrie, <laughs> sorry. How many episodes, is like per season do you think, do we meet one of Duncan's immortal loves that he could <laughs> <laughs> that he could never live without? You mean mortal. Yeah, I, I mean, like people that he's just like, oh, I'm so affected by this. Like, oh. I was so in love with her. And then it's just like, <laughs> eh, like, yeah, now she's done. Like, we'll never hear from her again in that episode, like after this oh, episode. Oh, it's like pretty constant. <laughs> I mean, 
probably a third of every episode, like a third of all episodes, it'll come up. <laughs> there will be some like mortal or immortal lover, uh, which drove fans nuts, apparently at the time, uh, which is funny because they send us like really weird emails now, but uh-huh. a lot of them are like 60 and like send hilarious uh typo-ridden, bizarre emails. He's like, I've had an opinion about this for 20 years, and now's my time! Yeah, the Tessa was the best, and what's he doing with these floozies? They don't deserve Duncan. Also, the episode after Tess dies, he has sex with Sheena Easton, so oh my they were pretty god. righteously curious about this, I guess. Oh my god, right after? Oh yeah, like, immediately after. Aww. Do they meet in an alley? <laughs> uh, actually, on a dock. Which is basically the same. It's, a, it's yeah. the Highlander way. Healthy girl. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she could name all the grasses. <laughs> is there grass in Highlander too? <laughs> no, it's just no. all sand. Oh, no, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's there's no sun. sun. You no can't sun. have grass. Anyway, I'm sorry. Moving on to Valkyrie. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about why you guys recommended this episode or what you like about it? Sure, so uh, the Valkyrie is an, just to give the the people the, the Cliff Notes version at, sure. at home, Valkyrie is an episode about an immortal old comrade of Duncan's in World War II. They participated in Operation Valkyrie together in which they attempted to assassinate Hitler. You know how that went. It obviously didn't work, but now this woman like dedicates her life to trying to to kill dictators or future dictators or other people with uh you know shitty white supremacist authoritarian tendencies uh so now we meet them in the present as duncan needs to stop her from you know killing a a group of basically neo-nazis does he though (laughs) (laughs) a fair point yeah (laughs) this episode feels alarmingly relevant yeah yeah but uh what the basically head writer on the show or executive producer david abramowitz um we had the opportunity to to speak to to him about you know what it was like running the show, and one of the things he says like oh like really good episodes of Highlander are like a Talmudic discussion with ass kicking <laughs> was how he described it, and this kind of has that mm-hmm. component because it's this big meditation on kind of extremism and you know when it's worth it to uh, take you know radical action in the hopes of preventing a you know a greater evil from arising uh you know so there's some some real philosophical territory here to to plumb i was shocked at how much it kind of sticks the landing on this episode of basically where he's torn about it and then they're basically like well you know you're gonna be like every action is gonna have a reaction and you know when it's time for you to have the reaction to the things that you've done you're gonna have to pay the price for it and it's like that's a very ambiguous ending for a sh- very stri- ambiguous it's for, very black mirror e yeah, for highlander for anyway. a show about sword fighting and <laughs> yeah and flamingo dancing <laughs> yeah one of the so the show is always like flirting with these like with with higher concepts mm-hmm. but like a lot of times the thing that makes it fall down is things get too black and white like yeah. there's, they retreat from having some of these great questions, and a lot of the ones that are really good are when they actually manage to let you live in that ambiguity a little bit and kind of go through the struggle with the main character. Uh, 
And I think this one pulls that off in a way that, you know, even some of the other heavier episodes don't necessarily land. So one um, group that we see a lot in this episode is this group of the Watchers. And I mean, he talked about he spoke in the intro and whatnot. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what that organization is and how it kind of turns out in the course of the show? (laughs) Sure. So actually, the, the thing that's a little strange is they introduce the Watchers in a very odd way. Because as the 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 note at the beginning told the voiceover in the beginning tells you, mm-hmm. they're supposed to observe and record and never interfere. Your actual first introduction to them in the show is a group of these watchers has gone rogue and is like assassinating immortals. Aww. <laughs> uh, so you know you kind of and that ends up leading to one of like Duncan's arch nemeses, this guy Horton, who's like leads these renegade watchers to try to kill all immortals because, you know, they don't want to be ruled over by ruled over by whatever immortal wins the prize, assuming that's, you know, a thing. Yeah. yeah right. But if you kill all of them at some point, there has to be one left and then he's going to rule you. All you've done yeah. is help. Yeah. It's a, it's a sweaty premise. <laughs> Doesn't Marvel have a group of people like this? Too? No, it's just one guy. He's the watcher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uwatu. Yes. It also, yeah, it also made me think of, uh, you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where each Slayer has a Watcher. Oh, yes. Oh, all right. It's not yeah. the same. It wasn't a group of people, but yeah. yeah, same kind of thing. Okay, okay. Um, And so anything else about Valkyrie? Anybody? Uh, my, my question was, and I, I brought this up before we started talking, is that his compatriot in this episode seems like she's very German and was totally fine with what was happening in World War One. <laughs> Didn't have anything to do there, but is <laughs> not happy about Hitler. <laughs> And I, I think that there's a lot of uh, uh, gaps in the history of what these people are doing before and after. Because essentially, all the immortals have just as long, interesting lives as he does. Yeah, what were the rest of them doing? Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, the Jews. Do, do they ever get into like winning? Like, how many immortals there are, and how the new one gets created, and like what that lineage is? Because it's just like, oh yeah, Richie, you're an immortal. Like, there's new yeah, ones. And- Born in, like, 1988 or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, no, they never explain any of that. Uh, Which I'm not sure how they could in a way that's satisfying, frankly. Do they ever go back farther than Jesus? Because there is this question of holy ground all the time that I'm, like, thinking about. So the answer is yes. Uh, In a way that's... They actually imply that various things in the Bible are actually related to immortals. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So one of the big fan favorite episodes is a two-parter about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, basically. Mm. Uh, But they were four literal dudes (laughs) who, who, like, rode around horses in in the Bronze Age and killed them. It was Clancy Brown, Michael Ironside, and Mario Van (laughs) Peebles. Oh, oh my god! The amount of hamminess on those horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. Oh wow! Okay, uh, okay. So, uh, in short, yeah, you do encounter uh, a lot of these concepts that predate particular religions as they go. Well, yeah, he uh, builds his cabin on 
a Native American holy ground, so he can't be bothered. But and then there's Buddhist holy ground we've seen, yep. and there's Christian holy ground. So G- like gymnast holy ground. Is it just like if anybody <laughs> considers something holy ground, you can't like it, like can I fight at the campus of the Church of Scientology or yeah. like you know uh, can we fight at the Mormon temple? Like what is holy ground? You know, like I don't know. Actually, the only one they respect is Dianetics, unfortunately. (laughs) But uh, so that is never never really explained, and they kind of waffle between whether you know. In the original movie, they describe it as a tradition, like it's a tradition. We don't fight on holy ground. The show and other subsequent versions of it kind of imply that there's some kind of mystical force that prevents them from fighting on. I see. Holy ground. It's like, oh, this is where the uh, miracle on ice happens, so we can't fight here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. For me, the, like, I, I always think about Star Wars Episode One on this. Like, mm-hmm. don't fucking midi-chlorians yeah. this. Like, I never once wondered where the Force came from. Like, I did not need to be told. It's like... Oh, there's a blood the test. Parasites in your cells that yeah. give you the ability to use the force. Like, just tell me they don't fight on holy ground. I'm not going to question <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But once you start providing an explanation, I'm going to be like, wait a minute. Well, right. What about the Trade Federation? Yeah. <laughs> once again, what international or what interplanetary <laughs> commerce is in dispute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, then the last episode that you recommended to us is called Leader of the Pack. Yes. Yes. And so what uh, What about this episode is most memorable to you? Uh, everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I this mean. Is, this is maybe the best of kind of the ridiculous Highlander episodes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd say Highlander episodes come in a couple different flavors. There's the really philosophical-oriented ones. There's ones that are more action-oriented. And then there are ones that are just the, like – a goddamn cartoon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And this falls into that category where we have a villain named Canis who dresses <laughs> like some weird, like, uh, Euro club, like, uh, dog collar wearing maniac. Uh, yeah, he's, he's handing out rave flyers in between. Whose name I can never remember. Uh, and he hunts Duncan McLeod with dogs. <laughs> and his plan to defeat him involves adopting a dog that's in heat. Yes. As you do. And it's just amazing. Like, And the fact that they could get some of the, like, everyone committed to this bit 100%, uh, it, leading to lines like, a loud sniff. This bitch is in heat. Uh, It's just amazing. And then the funniest thing about it is that it's juxtaposed with, as was mentioned earlier, a callback to, like, one of the most serious, like, plot elements in the whole show when Tess is murdered. Yeah. So, like, you have this bananas dog hunting plot juxtaposed against, like the love of my life's murderer needs to be brought to justice. Yeah, like where he fights a Mega Man villain who's just like, yeah, it's the dog guy, he's the dog one. Like, that's the one that you have to get. Dog Man. <laughs> Ooh, who does Dog Man kill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to get ice, then dog, then fire. Um... <laughs> oh, maybe the gathering really all is all just a Mega Man vehicle. Yeah. I'd never thought about that. <laughs> I did like that once he killed the dog guy then he had the dogs and he was yeah. like yeah i'm gonna give them up for adoption and i was like no keep them they're cool but no 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it back to that woman who he really creepily threatened. Yes, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. her blind son. <laughs> <laughs> he just nice. wanted to fish. Yeah, <laughs> this is also like this. Is this the only episode that we see him doing his like best Doctor Jones teaching at this college, or is that a plot line that continues? <laughs> uh they only do it like in three or four episodes. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but he, uh, doc, like also. Am I the only one who was like, he's totally going to get kicked out of this university because he's going to try to bang a student? Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. for sure. Like, a thousand percent. I mean, I did love the the one-off joke where they offered him the faculty life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not going to be there. I did love it. Like, he took all the out. He's like, oh, hey, everybody, let's take all this armor and fight in the field. And they carry this whole heavy trunk out. And then he just leaves it with them so he can run off into the forest <laughs> and chase oh, a, look, dog. a dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's, huh? that's literally what they saw. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this this episode is worth it just because it's so weird and kind of fun. Uh, but you kind of got to be in the right mindset for it. Like, seeing this episode next to Valkyrie is legitimately shocking. <laughs> what's the, So I have a question of, like, what's the deal with the house that he's remodeling at this point? And then when he gets quickened after killing Canis, goes full poltergeist and pulls the house out of oh, the yeah. foundations. Yeah, so... <laughs> The producers apologized for that left and right <laughs> because apparently like this show early days of message boards, ah. people were freaking out about this. So they introduced some like, I don't know, it was just something to show Duncan doing during exposition was these right. fixing up this house. <laughs> uh, and somehow they through the power of the quicking quickening it they made it float and their only defense of this was i don't know we've done like four seasons of this and we were kind of like wanted to do something different <laughs> that was their only justification for why cutting off this guy's head made a house fly <laughs> a guy who has dog powers yeah the, yeah. the dog power guy when he was killed by the professor slash contractor <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we we didn't talk about the giant explosion at the end of Duende, but yeah. that quickening makes uh, fire come out of uh, some trees. Yeah, so the fire know. came directly out of the tree. I love that. <laughs> like, it's clearly being shot out of these fat trees. A cannon trees. in a tree, yeah. yeah. That was great. Oh, man. Do they have, does the show ever make any reference to Ramirez or anything else like that? Or or uh, the who's the wizard in the Sorcerer? The yeah, Meccano. So the show ignores everything but the first movie. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, up through a, a period in like the second season, it's possible that with the exception of Connor's existence, they were disregarding even the first movie. <laughs> but at some point, like they referenced the Kurrigan. They referenced the fact that Connor killed him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of the continuity that they set up. They do reference Ramirez several times throughout it. I mean, obviously, they don't have the budget to uh, even show a photo of Sean Connery. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they'll meet, they'll encounter people who have apparently met Ramirez. Right. Or, you know, it's just like a little throwaway Easter egg for the fans for the most part. But yeah. uh, basically, you can assume that the first movie happened. And everything else is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well, I'm curious. I think I'm the only one who watched the uh, TV movie at the end of this yeah. <laughs> series called To Be and Not To Be. Uh-huh. Um, Ruh-roh. I know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Kyle. So did you see that when it was like actually aired on TV, like in real time? I don't think I saw that in real time. I think oh, okay. I would have seen that like five years later, like when it was on in syndication. Okay. Because I'm just like curious if people saw that and they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> so the it's worth noting. So the sixth season, the, this, the show was renewed very late mm-hmm. and they only got a half season. So they got like 13 episodes in the sixth season and the entire sixth season is just nonstop. What the fuck is this? <laughs> like just top to bottom. Like it starts with, as I alluded earlier, Duncan has to stop some kind of weird Sumerian demon mm-hmm. uh, for reasons. I don't know. We actually just <laughs> reviewed those episodes and we still have no idea what happened. Them. Uh, and then like the rest of season six is essentially a series of soft pilots where they're like trying to finagle a spinoff in some way mm-hmm. and they're all terrible <laughs> so like <laughs> at that point like the fans would have accepted anything yeah right? for sure uh you, just, you know film a moldy tuna sandwich and they're like oh great yeah this is it this is what we've come to expect i know i did like that it tried to be kind of like uh, you know, the the very end of it, it like goes to commercial and then the final scene is like a clip show basically. <laughs> but, oh yeah. So, to the, to the so, Bonnie Portmore song. Oh, oh God. <laughs> My favorite anecdote about how this was supposed to end. Uh, so the, the, uh, David Panzer is kind of the, was the producer who like really was involved in this thing that his production company, I believe, still owns the IP to this whole thing mm-hmm. uh, and was involved in most of the big creative decisions. His idea for how this should end is that all the main characters should be standing around, clink their sham- like clink champagne glasses together, <laughs> then look at the camera and say, cheers for five years. <laughs> Which is amazing because there are six seasons. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and oh, wow. everyone involved was like, "We are absolutely not filming that." <laughs> like on no planet. Oh wow! <laughs> the the uh, uh, yeah. Oh my god! I gotta admit, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's you know. So at least they didn't do that. Yeah. What they did not end on is, like, super weird, though. I mean, it's like... So, first of all, the, the, the thing that, you know, he's fighting this guy named Liam O'Rourke, and at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, I should look up and see what his backstory was. <laughs> and it was like, oh, he's only in these two episodes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, it's like, you remember when Lost ended and they just turned to the camera and said, thanks, ABC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the whole thing is Roger Daltrey's character showing him through a a world where Duncan doesn't exist. Oh, and throughout the entire, uh, the entire two hours. He's like, Duncan, you can't, uh, these people can't see you unless I tell them or let, let you be seen. And you can't change anything here. There's nothing you can do. And, Is Richie still alive? <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. They show, they show what happens to him. Um, but 
Tessa it comes back. Okay. And, uh, he immediately is like, she, she comes back and she has kids and she's married with a husband. And he immediately is like, I gotta have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> so he spends like 45 minutes of the like, t- two hour thing what? trying to like woo, like woo her away and convince right. her that like, <laughs> you know. She's his true love and everything. And then does he have sex with Sheena Easton immediately afterwards? <laughs> no, she she actually sleeps with him in the oh, uh, in the alternate the dimension that makes no sense. Every episode ends is with Sheena Easton. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I was just wow, like, that's geez. a bummer. It's really messed up, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my question. Is when he does kill Richie, is it just like a baby quickening because he's had like no experience? <laughs> it's just like a that's little, like a, it's like a little static shock. It, it's like a boop. So they they don't ever differentiate, but if you ever hear fans talk about quickenings, it's like they 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 have like their own theories, and it's like a weird science that <laughs> is not at all supported by anything in the show. The best uh, was in the third movie when he got quickened by uh, doing the dew, and the lightning came yeah. out of the Mountain Dew cans. Oh yeah, well they. Always... I mean that's what happens when I drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's, that's true. true. That's true. I need my gamer fuel. Yeah. <laughs> they always say that like uh, you chop off the head, and you're going to get the powers of that person. Sure. But the power of illusion. It's not. Yeah, I guess that that one happens. But does it happen in the show where it's like? Well, yeah, he oh. got the dog powers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you get Slan Quince's sweet mask powers. <laughs> yeah, like is is dog powers just called owning dogs? <laughs> yeah. No, those dogs will only listen to him. <laughs> Apparently, I guess, guess Richie would give thief powers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there there's actually was a lot of debate apparently in the writer's room on that issue because they're always very coy about what exactly you get in like that quickening juice that you absorb. <laughs> like <laughs> what information do you get? Do you gain their memories? They, at least in the context of the series, ultimately decided like you don't get their memories. You don't get anything really concrete out of them. Like, just let it be ambiguous. Now, are you guys planning to do Highlander Endgame? Yes. Yeah, that's next, That's actually, next. Yeah. Well, I will just say this. At some point, this concept of, like, the quickenings you absorb becomes, like, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z level. <laughs> yes. Like, intense. Yes. Like, yes. what's his power level is over 9,000? <laughs> like... It's like this whole thing becomes a math problem, and it's very oh. strange. Oh okay. So well, buckle up for that. I'm oh, sure that's man. what your uh, listeners are in for. Maths. <laughs> we are pretty excited about that. Well, do you guys have any any other thoughts on uh, the series before we wrap it up here? I feel like that we have entered into and are now leaving the best parts of this series <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're probably right yeah. all in one day like i love the idea of like all the historical stuff like i I've, you just scrolling through the episode titles like samurai and all these different things like i i can just see how this show could not write itself but like that it could be rebooted now and it would be i mean i, I guess it's probably just called outlander but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the number one question i get when i tell people i do a highlander podcast they're mm. like oh i love outlander i'm yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> it's easier not to correct you at yeah, this yeah. point. Oh. Jamie's so hot. <laughs> but like I, I that's kind of why I said I liked 
I, I, there's some joy I got from three because it had the flashbacks as opposed to two. Like we could at least see some different things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't get a thrill out of the alien world of Zeiss, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or just just past the, Earth the apparently. Past. <laughs> so that was actually a change they made when they re-edited it. Yeah, edited it. The original cut. It's an alien world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They made it make more sense, right? I think. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so, so you guys are still podcasting, but have you gone through all the episodes or where? what's next for you guys? So we actually just started season six. Oh, Our okay. basic okay, nice. format is that we'll do a, do a season, then we'll cover a movie and bounce back and forth. Got so. It. We just started our coverage of season six, which unfortunately for us is where the show does kind of uh, begin a steep decline. <laughs> and then we're going to finish out the rest of the movies. And then uh, there's also a spinoff series, which I have not seen in, you know, since it was new, uh, called The Raven, which mm-hmm. follows a character from uh, Highlander, the series. Mm-hmm. So... That's what's next on the horizon for us. It seems like there's not that much Highlander left, but uh, somehow they keep on eking more out of this, and I don't know how. (laughs) And where can people find that podcast and follow the podcast and you on social media? Sure. So we're available wherever uh, you get your podcasts. You can also find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, Just search for Highlander Rewatched. You'll find us right there. Uh, on Twitter at Highlander Rewatched. And uh, if you want to shoot us an email, we love getting comments and feedback on any of these episodes. We are Highlander Rewatched at gmail.com. We uh, love going through the mailbag. So uh, if any of your fans have any serious Highlander thoughts, we would love to uh, chew through them on air. Wonderful. Yeah, I hope you guys really do uh, check out Highlander Rewatched because if you were at all yeah. interested in this brief conversation, these guys are diving in deep and the episodes are really funny and fun and uh, they know their stuff. And as, they have, and as you've heard, if you go through the stream, there's a lot of stuff that you can jump into. Like they have supercut episodes, mailbag episodes, like a lot of fun stuff that I was just kind of clicking around. Yeah, um, yeah and if. Uh, you know, I know uh, your podcast isn't exclusively Highlander people, but uh, if you. I would say if you saw the first Highlander movie and you're like, oh, there's like a really good idea in here somewhere. The series is really where you get to explore it. And like, Mm -hmm. you just kind of got to take the whole thing for its warts and go from there. (laughs) I think that's great. Yeah. (laughs) Those are wise words. That's the, that's the rewatchers. That's the Duende right there. That's the Duende. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, well, Kyle, thank you so much for being with us uh, this week. Uh, it was really an yeah, honor th- to have you on. Yeah, thank you for being our guide. I don't think we would have made it through to the other end without that. We <laughs> yeah. probably would have got <laughs> bad, our heads cut off. Yeah, bad quickened and mistaken. dark. Yeah, <laughs> dark you, you know, you would have you picked the weird episodes. You would have thought the uh, the entire show was about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but no, thank you. This was a blast. I uh, appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, if you have <laughs> yes, if you have any um, whoever has questions for us about overall Highlander or sequel rights in general, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail dot com. We also need suggestions for future franchises because we are sort of getting close to the second. That's right. Yeah, the, the end of this one. If you want that complete list of the ninety nine people that crossed over between Poltergeist <laughs> and this and this show, Elis will send it to you. Just yes. send us an email. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then also uh, find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. 
And yeah, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We the ratings do a lot for the algorithm, and we really appreciate it. Well, we'll be back next week with Highlander Endgame, bringing us into the aughts for some uh, Duncan. <laughs> some, well, it's true. Uh, yeah. I believe Highlander Endgame is the uh, highest grossing film of all time, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the Highlanders are together. Don't Google it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Duncan versus Connor, Dawn of Justice. Oh. Yes. That's right. Yes. The I Watcher's there, Watu's there. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week uh, for Highlander Endgame. Oh